University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at ubcbr on Facebook for more information. If you visit our church's website, on the main page, one of the first things that you will see is a banner that says, Think critically, live creatively, and love continuously. The written version of our weekly newsletter, The Window, also includes these headings. Now, as a staff, we've been talking about who we are as a church, where we've been, and where we are headed as we prepare for the celebration of 75 years as a fellowship, these three practices are indicative of who we are and hopefully where we will continue to go. Think critically, live creatively, and love continuously. If people outside our church were to say who we are, what would they say? I hope they would say that we are a group of critical thinkers who use our minds and engage our intellect in our faith. I hope that they would say we are people who live creatively out of the abundance of God's creativity. And I hope that they would say that we are a people who overall love continuously. For the next three weeks, John, Eric, and I will be preaching on these three key practices of our faith and of our church. We'll be highlighting ways that the congregation is already living into these practices, as well as challenging us to explore new ways that we might do these things more boldly. But this week, I'd like to explore the idea of thinking critically. Our key scripture today comes from Matthew 22, 34 through 40. You'll also see this scripture referenced throughout this series. This is also referred to as the great commandment. Beginning with our reading, Matthew 22, 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the law and the prophets. These two things. This is it. This is central to our faith. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Today we're going to be exploring what it means to love God with all of your mind. When John and I did um, a lot of the work that we did in Slovakia, we did a lot of seminars, and one of the things that we had was a seminar talking about holistic ministry, ministry of the whole person, all of these things that we are talking about, the body, the mind, the soul. 
And part of the thing that we did to demonstrate was I took a, we took a big piece of paper, like a paper doll. We like make a big paper doll out of paper. And we put that little paper doll, you know, like this in our arms. And we said, okay, we've got this new baby. We did not use a baby doll. You'll see in a second why we didn't do that. We've got this new baby, and I need you guys to help me take care of it. So let's see. Ripping off a foot. Sherry, why don't you take care of their physical needs of, of like, get, helping them exercise and stuff. And Let's see. Ripping off the head. That's why we didn't use the baby doll, because that would have been very distur disturbing. You take care of the mind. Trip, why don't you just take care of the mind? That's all. And we ripped that baby into shreds. And everybody's just kind of sitting there like, okay, that's weird. But you get the point, right? We can't, we can't take all these pieces and parts of who we are apart. So today we're going to explore the mind, but we're going to explore it as part of this whole. And that's why this is a series, not just a one-off sermon. Well, I told that story and it wasn't written in here, so now I have to figure out where I was. This idea of, of the mind being important and being a part of our faith is not something that just this church has drummed up. Oh, yeah, let's think creatively. This was an essence. This was a part of what Jesus was preaching. Over and over, we see Jesus challenging the status quo, encouraging people to interact with the scripture in a new and a fresh way, to think outside the box the religious leaders of that time had constructed. Just after this scripture in Luke's gospel, this, I read it from Matthew, but it's also in Luke's gospel, Jesus challenges the Pharisees to the idea of neighbor when he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. They wanted to put neighbor in a box. That person we know, that person that lives beside us. But Jesus showed them that anyone in need was their neighbor. Now, to be clear, this was not post-enlightenment period. But even then, Jesus was challenging people to use their minds, to use their thoughts, to be a part of their faith experience. Now, I did a little bit of research on critical thinking. We commonly encourage students to use this, these critical thinking skills in school, right? So I did some research, and I found a lot of university websites that had a whole page about what critical thinking is. The professors in the room are nodding. Yes, I know what you're talking about. So here are some of the excerpt, excerpts from the ways that universities and, and others explain critical thinking. It is a set of information and beliefs generating and processing skills and the habit of using those skills to guide behavior. One said that critical thinking is the intellectually disciplined process of actively and skillfully conceptualizing, applying, analyzing, synthesizing, evaluating information generated by observation, experience, reflection, reasoning, or communication as a guide to belief and action. So that's a whole lot of words. But the idea is it's using our minds, investigating, looking, evaluating, observing, experiencing in order to guide our belief and therefore our action. In both of these definitions, information is gained and processed in order to affect behavior. In order to form our beliefs, which form or affect our behavior. We must explore and learn. We must dig in, so to speak. 
We don't take things at face value. We explore and we listen, we observe and we read and we learn. This is part of our faith journey. Now, this congregation can be very good at this. You already are very good at this. It doesn't take but a few minutes of being in some of your Sunday school classes to hear you exploring and thinking, listening, and reflecting. A group of about 20 ladies met last fall for Bible study, and they certainly were engaging their minds and their hearts as they shared with one another. This group is going to be starting again soon. Just a little plug there. One of the exciting things that's happened in the last few months has been a couple of short-term spiritual formation groups. During the fall, a group of folks met to discuss faith and doubt and the important place that doubt has in our faith journey. During Advent, another group met to talk about Christian nationalism and ways we can offer a better alternative. These have not been easy discussions, as everyone who is a part of those discussions knows. They have required that people stop and think and listen, gather information, listen to each other, even when the other person had a different perspective. But the faith of those who gave attention to these issues has deepened. Their faithful connection with these topics has hopefully also changed their behavior. Now, I want to make a distinction here. This is really important. Critical thinking is not being critical. We all know those people who have something negative to say about everything that happens. That is not this. This is, uh, oh, Oxford Dictionary says that critical is expressing adverse or disapproving comments or judgment. That is not what critical thinking is. We can explore and we can learn while still remaining positive and hopeful. One of my mantras this past few years has been, be curious not judgmental. What I'm challenging you to do today is to be curious. I'm encouraging not to check your brains at the door of the church or the door of your faith journey, but to be examining and discerning. And after you've examined and discerned, we may come to different conclusions, and that's okay. That's where the love continually part comes in, but we'll let Eric tackle that later. There have certainly been times in my life, and possibly yours, when our critical thinking has veered over into the critical lane. When I've thought through things, and now I cannot imagine why someone else would have a different opinion than me. I challenge you to stay open to the Spirit and open to learning. We are all on a journey. May we be curious and not critical or judgmental. In Proverbs 14, 15, it says, A simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thought to his steps. Notice both those actions there. Thought, the thinking, and steps, the doing. As I was reading about critical thinking, I found this list of steps toward thinking critically. Ask questions. Gather relevant information. Think through solutions and conclusions. Consider alternate systems of thought and form conclusions. Now, while these kind of feel like you might be sitting in some kind of a lecture, sorry about that, um, I do think that they are very helpful in helping us think about the steps to engaging the mind. As Proverbs says, it is the work of a prudent 
man or woman. Ask questions about what you're reading, what you're hearing, where this information's coming from. Gather information about the subject from a variety of sources. Think about the ways that some might come to conclusion about a certain topic that might be different from yours. Consider those alternate ways of thinking. Even if you don't believe the alternate ways, learning about them might help you understand yours better, or it may change your mind a little bit. Then you can begin to form a conclusion. All of these steps should be, in the, be spirit-led and open to learning new things. I took an ethics class in seminary. We were encouraged to think about a lot of different hot topics that we would consider hot topics right now. And we were asked to consider them from all different angles. Many of the things that I believed going in were strengthened. And I had, I had some reading to kind of back those ideas up. But a few of them changed and molded quite drastically. And that class wasn't the end of my thinking about those things, discovering and looking at these topics. I am constantly trying to listen and learn and better understand how I might live in the world and love those in the world. I consider it a problem if I believe the same things today as I believed five or six years ago when I took that ethics class. If we're not growing, if we're not constantly forming and reforming, then, then what, what's the purpose, right? Just stay, staying along. Ask questions. Gather information. Think through conclusions. Consider others' points of view. And then form an, a conclusion that is open to ongoing molding. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first heard I was going to be preaching on this one, I kind of felt like I got the short straw because this is the hardest one for me. Think critically, live creatively, love continually. This one, this one, is, this one really challenges me. So maybe that was the reason I got it, right? So I could be challenged a little bit. I'd just like for us to love each other, get along, have some creative ideas, and go on. But I am learning, and I have learned that, you know, this is part of the journey. Sometimes I'm afraid that, of what might happen if I dig. I'm afraid that I might realize I didn't agree with the person sitting next to me, and maybe that might cause a rift in our relationship. But as I've grown as a person and as a minister, I've pushed myself into these harder things, and I've found there's a lot of freedom in loving and understanding each other. First Thessalonians says, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Now this translation uses the word test, but the Greek word here could also be examine, look, be open, scrutinize, prove, as in metals. So we're to examine and test everything and then retain what is good. A month or so ago, I went to an um, exhibit with the Palacios House of Arts at the library. They have a, a, a permanent installation there that is gorgeous. So if any of you want to go and see it, I highly recommend it. When you come in the door, it's just to the right in a hallway. Really beautiful, very um, impressive. Anyway, I digress. So I went, we went to this thing, and they had, a, they had a meal, and they had a performance, and they had a raffle. And John bought us some raffle tickets, and I went and put my my little name and a couple of the different things. And one of the things that I put my name into was 
a box of 20 hardback children's books around the theme of like multicultural learning. So all these different books from all these different faith traditions and cultural traditions, and I put a few extra in that one. Well, I won it. I got the, I got the box, and I was so excited. So Heidi was not excited. If you're watching, I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> she was wanting it. Um, so I took these books home, and my mom and I, my mom uh, used to be a librarian, so she and I sat on the couch and just geeked out looking at all these books, just flipping through them, not really reading them. And then later... I went back and have been reading two or three of them at a time and really kind of absorbing them, absorbing what they could teach me about that culture, what they could teach our children or, or all of us about that culture. There is a wealth, a wealth of information in these books. I'm so excited that I had, have these things at my fingertips now. But what if I just decided... I'm just going to get those books and look at them and look at the pretty covers and just put them over at the side of my office. They are at the side of my office, but I am reading through them. Well, what would be the point, right? Be all this information that would just be sitting there without being used. And that's what I'm encouraging us to do is take this wealth of information that we have, the people around us, the resources that we have around us, the Bible itself, we have so many resources to take it and investigate and, and look at it and learn from it. If I had just taken these books and put them in the corner of my office, it would have been a missed opportunity. So I'm encouraging you to look at what are the opportunities around you for learning and use them, pick them up. The report that we heard this morning and the reading that, that you can do in the window of the pastor search committee is evidence of critical thinking in this church. Our pastor search committee has worked long and hard, right guys? <laughs> to think critically about the process of hiring our new pastor. They've met with several different people who might help them think through their processes and their ideas. They've worked at representing our church in a way that is honest and helpful to the candidates. They've been open to new ideas and new opportunities for our fellowship to move into the future. We are thankful that they have engaged their mind in this process. There are other committees that have been active in thinking critically about the way we do things, the events that we have, how we can better reach the community, how we might grow our own faith community, how we might use this building to bless the community and to bless others. Like I said, you are already thinking critically. Now it should be noted that even the idea of truth and untruth is changing in our world. Recently, Good Faith Media advertised a book called Think or Else. Now, I haven't read this book yet, but I was intrigued by the information about it. So here's a little excerpt that, that Good Faith had about this book. It's okay to have different opinions, but it's not okay to twist and shade and change facts to fit our own desires. In the past, most of us received our information from a few well-documented reference books and from our, uh, from our own honest and caring mentors. Now, true and false, good and bad, right and wrong statements flow around us constantly. They come from TV, radio, movies, music, Facebook, Twitter, and innumerable people with malicious intent, trying to brainwash us for their own purposes. 
Never have our thinking skills been so tested or so important. Our faith depends upon our ability to separate truth from superstition. Christianity must be a thinking religion. This rang true for me. Unfortunately, we live in an age when truth is not valued as much as it has been in the past. We are constantly bombarded by false information, much of it which is manipulative, some of it which is totally false. It is so important for us to be able to think critically using a variety of sources. Obviously, one of those sources is the Bible. When we read scripture, we can't take it just at face value. We must explore, ask questions, find out why something is happening, what the cultural implications were of those things in those days. Scripture is living and active. It was written, but it continues to live as we read and study and put our minds to it and become part of the story ourselves. Thinking critically often leads us away from the cultural and religious status quo. Jesus was not afraid to challenge the religious and the cultural norms of his day, like I mentioned. Eating in the home of a tax collector, talking with a Samaritan woman at the well, spending time with sinners. Just the fact that he treated women as full citizens of God's kingdom was revolutionary. And in interaction after interaction after interaction, we see him taking what had become the religious norm and making it more, taking it farther. This church has done its fair share of pushing the status quo. From as early as the mid-70s, mid-70s, we've been ordaining women as deacons. I thought I might find it was like the mid-80s when I went researching, but the mid-70s, guys. Now, that's something that would not have been the religious norm of that day, and in some places it still isn't. Some of you have been a part of groups that defend the rights of the poor, work for racial equality, and fight for the rights of the LGBTQ community. Doing that has not always been easy. It has not always created peace. You are already a group of critical thinkers who value investigation and reasoning and reflection. This sermon is not the start of that. It's already happening. It's one of the things that drew me to this congregation in the first place. But we have got some big conversations to have in the future. One of our core beliefs is the equality for all members. This is another thing that drew me to this congregation. But we will need to continue to have conversations about what equality means. We can't respond solely on emotions. We need to explore and dig and learn. In other words, we need to think critically. We've been called to think critically and then to do something about it. As they've mentioned, the pastor search committee is considering the best person to lead our congregation. It is possible that this person is going to look a little different from all those pictures in our hallway over here. I pray that you will continue to think openly, to think critically, and to be curious and not judgmental in the days ahead. We do have to remember that thinking isn't everything. There's a reason 
that this is a three-part series. Like I said, the torn baby parts. We have the Spirit of God to help us reason things. We can rely on facts and observations as well as emotions and feelings. God has given all of those things to us. We, can, we can't rationalize and logically figure out everything that has to do with faith. God expects us to think, but many things of the spiritual life are, in the end, a mystery. Now, I haven't been around as, well, pretty much all of you. But this morning, I've given you a couple examples that I have seen of faithful, critical thinking in this church. But I hope that you can think of other examples of how you have seen this congregation think critically and act on the conclusions drawn from engaging the mind in faith. So what I want you to do is I want you to continue brainstorming this throughout the week. Talk with those folks in your home or the folks that you're engaged with about the ways that our congregation has been thinking critically in the past. But this morning, what I want you to do is take out your bulletin, as you expected with the lines on the bulletin. I want you to write down one way or a couple of ways that you have seen this congregation live faithfully as you have thought critically, as you have engaged your mind. And then once you've done that, I want you to think about how we can think critically as we move into the future. Maybe it's a topic or maybe it's a whatever you think. A way that we can continue remain engaged in our minds and as part of our faith. Maybe it's a conversation that you remember, a relationship with a person who helped you see something more clearly, a class or other organized event that fostered this kind of thinking, or maybe a stand against the status quo that this church took because this kind of engagement of the mind. So start today by writing down one thing or two things, and then write something that you see into the future. My prayer is that we may continue to be discerning for our congregation as we move forward, continuing to faithfully serve God with all of who we are in this community.